Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. And I'm very excited. Uh, I'm Chip Brown, by the way, of Horns 24-7. And I'm very excited to bring into the flagship podcast my, my former co-host on the radio, uh, the, the bottom line. You heard it weekday mornings in Austin on AM 1300 The Zone. Uh, but not anymore. <laughs> I heart, you know, just... Uh, uh, did some belt tightening and we were we were part of the tightening. But hey, it's good to be back with my man Mike Harge. Harge, and by the way, folks, Harge uh, was a super stud baseball player and football player at Colleen Ellison. He, he took recruiting trips to Texas for crying out loud before ultimately signing uh, as a second round draft pick in the Montreal Expos in 1990. Played 13 years of pro baseball. But Harge, welcome in, my man. Hey, Chip. Always good to see you, brother. I miss you, man. I miss you. I miss those mornings of us having our battles going back and forth on who's right, who's wrong, and and just enjoy being around you, man. I'm glad I got a chance to run into you and hang out with you a little bit last night. So it's always good, bro. Yeah, man. It's always fun to chop it up with uh, with my man, Harge. And Harge, you were, I was just telling the folks here on the Flagship Podcast interview that uh, you were, you took. You told me you took two visits to Texas A and M. Yes, one yes. for one for football and one for baseball. That's hey, that's how you maximize your official <laughs> visits. You know what I mean? Exactly. You got to try to figure out a way to to get down there. And 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 the funny thing was, Chip, that color of maroon is not does not sit well with me. Like it never has because in high school, my my school colors were green. The Crosstown Colleen Kangaroos were maroon. And I just never, ever really liked that color. My mom and my dad and my aunts and my uncles, they all went to Colleen High School. And I started to trend with my, uh, my younger uncle, who's, who's only like five years difference than me, but we went to Ellison. And so it was, uh, it was that color maroon, but they were Mark Johnson was there and R.C. Slocum were our recruiters. I mean, our, our, the coaches at that time. And a really, Texas, not Texas baseball, but Texas A&M baseball was really, really good at that time. You know, Chuck Knobloch was there. And, and I was always, because I played shortstop, Chuck Knobloch played shortstop. So I was always intrigued by what they were doing at A&M. But my heart has always been with the Longhorns. It was my mom really wanted me to go to the University of Texas. I had an opportunity to go play baseball all over the country. But my mom really wanted me to go to Texas because it's a 45-minute drive. It was a 45-minute drive for my mom to come and watch me play every weekend. But then and what Jackie, what Jackie wants, Jackie gets. Jackie still gets what she wants. See? That's how that <laughs> Never goes. Never changing. That's right. That's right. Mama's boy all the way through, man. 
Well, now, was the uncle you were referring to Greg Hamilton? Yes. Yes. Yeah, the sheriff. The sheriff. And, the, and former... the funny thing was, remember, his colors in high school were maroon. And then he goes to Texas State, Southwest Texas at the time. And he still had them damn colors. I couldn't get oh, yeah. away from it, dog. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was at Texas State or Southwest Texas at that time when they were winning yep. national championships. National championships. That's right, buddy. He was the quarterback on that team, right? Yep. yep. Come on, man. Yeah, man. Look at that. Yeah, I always tell him he's the second best. He's the second best quarterback to ever come out of Colleen. (laughs) To my man, Mike Harge, the man we're talking to right now. And uh, all right, Harge, we'll get to baseball in a second. Your forte, and you're doing all kinds of things on Flow Baseball, um, doing broadcasts and stuff like that. We'll get everyone up to speed on that. But I want to start with football, my man. Football. Everybody loves them some football, and right now. We are T-minus uh, 11 days we're recording. Um, a yeah. little less than two weeks to spring ball under Steve Sarkeesian, new Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Now, you said you were always a Longhorn. Even on our radio show, you were kind of the – you were the oh, voice man. of the player, but you were also the voice of the fan. Right. So let me hear from Mike Harge about Steve Sarkeesian. How's he doing so far? What do you think of this staff, the recruiting? What do you think? First off, um, I want to commend you on the work that you were doing during that time as far as keeping everyone abreast of who the possibilities are, what's happening. And, you know, you always seem to find a way to get that answer, right? You always are in the mix for the scoop. I'm in the dumpster, baby. Yeah, you make it happen, baby. And uh, I, I was shocked initially, right? I knew his name was in the mix. I knew he was somebody that was hot on a lot of coaches lists. Like no matter what team it was, he was right there in the mix. Yeah. Auburn. Everybody, yeah. Everybody was on this, this urban Meyer kick. And, and I was, I, I never thought that was real. And the only reason why I thought that was real is because we've, we've known urban for a while. And as far as, I'm trying to get more money to do something major and I got to start putting, if you're going, if you're going to get more money, put the university of Texas in the conversation and everybody believes, okay, we got to pay this guy because Texas got the money. So let's try to figure out a way. So I, I never was really buying into the urban part of it, but the, the Sark part of it was intriguing to me because of the offensive mindset. And the thing that once he got the job chip and, and he started talking, and you know, we've had this conversation numerous times. Body language is a big thing for me. You are a body language ologist. <laughs> I try to pay attention to body language. Not many people know that about you, but you right, are a right. body language ologist. I try to read the room, brother. I try to read the room. And when I was watching him and his presentation, I said, he gets it. Now, he's been through a lot. Everybody wants to bring up his past. And you and I have talked about this before. We got to exercise those demons because nobody is perfect, right? You're in a situation where this guy has a story to tell. He has a testimony. And as a parent, you know, people are saying, well, I don't know if my kid, I'm like, hold up, man. You, 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 can't, you can't judge someone for what they did in the past because I guarantee you if I do some digging around your closet, there's some bones that might jump out and hit a brother upside the head. So be careful on what you're doing. And then again, too, the redemption part of it. He, he, he went through his battles. And if anybody can go through those types of battles and resurface and come out like this and put yourself on this mantle as far as University of Texas in our eyes and 
what people see in the University of Texas, and I'm using air quotes for this, um, this is a good thing. His messaging to the players, number one, his messaging to the fans, number two, and most importantly, the messaging to those recruits. And I know he's been put in a situation now, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit with the eyes of Texas situation. And I know a lot of people were kind of taken aback when he said, our players will do this when he came in at his inductory introductory press conference. And I was taken back by that. I was like, you don't know the history of this. You don't know what caused this. You don't know anything. I know what you were probably told on that flight. I know you were probably told something in that initial meeting when they said, if you sign this contract, this is going to be part of your speech. I get that. I get that. But then now that he has a chance to sit back, talk to the players, get to know them first off, listen to their side of it, now he can transition. Obviously, you asked me what my initial thoughts were. I was excited about it. I was truly excited about it because something fresh, innovative, and contrary to what people think, they keep saying Texas doesn't have those types of players that he had over at Alabama. Uh, they may not be at that level level, but they got those types of players. We just never have gotten a chance to see it because of the offense in which the team ran before. Right. Right. I think you're right on that. Well, let's get the eyes of Texas out of the way. Yeah. Um, you know, the report came out and and I, I reported in the insider this week that Sarkeesian said, hey, let's all read the report. Let's all read the 58 pages. And he said, I need to get the skinny on this, too. And I need to have um, all the information because I've got a black wife. Right. And I, you know, I, I need to be informed and, and then we'll meet back up after spring break and, and whatever we decide, we're going to do it together as a team. Your thoughts? Well, first off, I'm glad he backtracked a little bit as we were talking about. I mean, it's, it's easy from the outside looking in and trying to figure it out until you come inside the family. You're inside the family now. You got to kind of understand where everyone is going with this. So to me, the entire report, that's great. I know they had some former players on the, on the uh, committee and, and some of the people that were talking. But Chip, uh, and you know me, man, I try to keep it as real as I possibly can. No matter what the findings were, no matter what your feelings were after you read that, if you were against it from the beginning, you're against it still. If you're in favor of it, from the beginning, you're still in favor of it. It's still going to have this conversation. But the biggest thing that came out of all of this was the emails from the donors. That's how I look at this. Mm -hmm. we knew they were there. We knew they were there. We know yeah. those people were Back there. in October. Back in October. After the OU game. Right. Everyone was losing their mind. Yeah, I stand with Sam. And I'm like, come on, man. There's more to this story than what that one pitcher. And, we, and you and I were on the air at that time. And I told you, I said, Chip, this pitcher is damning for so many reasons. And you have connections to the team and you know people and I know people. And that was wrong. That was wrong. The, the, the perception of that pitcher was way out of left field. And that's what caused this firestorm. Right. And, and so with Coach Sark coming in, having a black wife, he's going to hear something. She's going to hear some things. 
just because some people, like I said, it don't matter. They're still the same people. They're not going to change their mind. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, and it's like, it's almost like politics, Chip. As much as people like to yell and argue about politics, not one time have I ever seen anybody change their political affiliation because you argued with them. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So, well, and so that's, uh, and that's, I, I think the timing of this is good, actually. Yep. The fact that yep. it comes out in the spring gives everybody all summer to, you know, figure it out. And then once the football season happens, um, they'll, we whatever roll. they're going to, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll roll. Well, let's, let's, okay. So what, um, I'll ask you two football questions and then we'll get to uh, basketball and baseball. Okay. But from a football standpoint, what, what are you most excited? Who are you most excited to see uh, when spring football starts March 23rd with the spring game on April 24th? So I'll give you one offensive and one defensive because, you know, that's how we kind of work this thing out. Um, number one on offense, Troy Amiri. Troy. I, I mean, we, we had big expectations for him last year. Unfortunately, he had the injury and missed the entire time. Seems to be ready to go. Seems to be ready to, to get back on the field and, and show what we thought we were going to see. Baby, baby Megatron. Maybe that's what we were going to mm, see. Like and, it goes, and that goes back to my point of what I was saying. Like, people think that Texas doesn't have that star power like Alabama. I, like, we just didn't have an opportunity to see it because of the offense. This is a better offense, wide open. It's going to be fun. And we're going to get a thousand yard rusher, hopefully this year. No, no Tom Herman team that he has ever coached besides as he was the head coach, never had a thousand yard rusher. That what is, is up with that? Asinine. That's asinine, Come on. my friend. That's asinine. And then on defense, number, big number 93, Mr. Sweat, baby. That is the guy that I have been – I've been salivating to see him get turned loose. And I don't think he got an opportunity to get turned loose. There were so many different things that were going on. And we got other star power over there. I could talk about Alfred Cotton. I mean, uh, Collins. I could talk about Vernon. It has already been brought in. We could talk about all those guys. That Mr. Sweat, number 93, is the guy that I expect to take the biggest jump on this Texas defense and on, and on this Texas team. So I'm excited to see both of those players. I like that. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break here on the flagship podcast interview, talking to Mike Harge, hardball Harge, we call him, uh, 13-year pro baseball player recruited by the University of Texas, fresh out of Colleen Ellison High School. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, we, when, we, uh, when we come back here on the flagship podcast interview, Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Harge. So um, welcome back, everybody, talking to Mike Harge. And Harge, what is a reasonable expectation, if there is such a thing among Longhorn Nation, for year one under Steve Sarkeesian? They're playing Louisiana 10-1 and one last year, going to be a ranked team this year. 
And then they go to Arkansas, a team that gave other teams fits last year, almost beat Auburn at, at Auburn, probably should have beaten them, had a bad call. And then Rice, who beat Marshall, the co, you know, co-conference champion in their league last year. They're playing that Stanford-style ball. And then you get into the Big 12, and it's Texas Tech at home. Then at TCU, where Texas is 2-7 and seven against TCU since TCU joined the Big 12. And then OU. That's quite a start to the season, Harge. What, uh, what's a reasonable expectation for Texas football for 2021. Big 12 championship in the seat at the NCAA yeah, playoffs, man. Baby. What are you talking about, Let's man? Go. We're in the final four, baby. You're no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. To be realistic, I mean, think about it. Texas was a seven and three football team last year. It's not like he's coming in to take over a rebuild. I think a lot of the things that we got a chance to witness last year, we can go back to the Oklahoma game where Texas was getting housed. They come back. They should have went for two right then and there to end the game. Everybody's gas. Should have run the exact same play to Keontae Ingram. Back to back. Just run it back to back and get that done. So there's another win that was a loss. And I mean, we could go back and forth on games that they should have won or things that they should have lost. But to me, realistically, I believe that the University of Texas football team should be like an eight and two uh, football team or maybe even uh, you know, I don't think they'll be seven and three. I think they're going to, I think this is going to go up. I think they're going to have more time. We dealt with a pandemic last year and there was a ton of changes, all new coaches and people could say, well, it's all new coaches now. You're right. But they got more time together. They're spending time. They're working on those things. They're implementing new things. And we have the un, un, unknown of Casey Thompson and Hudson card or whoever else may be, in the mix for quarterback, but I'm telling you, and you and I have had long conversations about this and we've even talked on air and off the air about Casey Thompson and how his ability to play football never got a chance to be shown because of the Sam Ellinger effect. And I'm, you know, congratulations to Sam and all the things that he's done, but it was time. It was time for someone else to have that opportunity. Um, I've seen film on Hudson Card and the things that he's doing in workouts and how he's maturing throughout this time. And he learned a lot, but I still believe Casey Thompson will lead this team in the right direction. I think he has the, the knack to get, move his feet. Those, the way he played in the, in the Alamo bowl was unbelievable. And I like to say business picked up when he got into the game and it was, a, it became a lot more, entertaining for us because of some of the things that he was doing so realistically i see eight and two i don't know where those losses hold on a minute aren't they playing 12 games next year you're not you're are we oh that's right we that's right that's right that's right 12 games don't scare me i'm gonna go nine and three ten and two okay nine and three ten and two i think that big challenge and i think people need to really really pay attention you mentioned it Louisiana Raging Cajuns, that's not a pushover game. <laughs> Those guys know what Those guys went doing. into Iowa State and won last year. <laughs> right. They know what they're doing. And even Arkansas. Arkansas was trending in the right direction. So I, I, I'm, I'm not coming in with the burnt orange goggles like I normally would, but I, I believe that the energy that Coach Sark is bringing in, the coaching staff that he brought in, the experience – in which a lot of these guys, and from all accounts, I mean, obviously you've been 
a lot closer to the situation, but I've, I still have my connections over there. And from all accounts, uh, he's, he's implemented some really, really cool stuff and the players seem to really enjoy working with him. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. All right, Harge, you, uh, you were also an AAU basketball coach. You, you coached my man, Royce O'Neal. Yeah. He's still mean. He's still not talking to me, Chip. I mean, you, you benched him. I, 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 it's unbelievable. The guy's in the NBA now and you benched him on your, your AAU team, but Hey, let's get into this. Shaka smart. Um, they just beat Texas tech in the big 12 tournament. They're, they're about to face Kansas as we record this. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, and that was a significant win over Texas tech. Let's be honest because tech swept Texas, uh, Texas, Shaka was one in seven against Chris Beard in their last eight meetings. Oh, That's not good. Not at all. And so that, that was actually a significant win. Remember they were supposed to play Texas tech in the big 12 tournament last year when everything got canceled. So yep. what is it going to take for you for Texas basketball this year? How, how far do they need to go in March for you to a feel good about Shaka smart coming back for another year as the coach at Texas and his agent's going to be pounding on the door for an extension because he's got two seasons left after this one on his contract. Right. What, what is it going to take for Texas this March to make you feel good about Shaka still being the coach or even getting in an extension? Well, to me, sweet 16, Chip. I mean, this team has been – came into the season ranked very high. They got as high, what I believe is number five in the country this year. Um, the talent is there. You and I have long conversations about this kind of stuff too. When the rubber meets the road and it's NCAA tournament time, who's ever backcourt is the best is going to be the ones that are cutting down the net. That's just how it always is. If you got a good backcourt and you play solid defense, those guys are going to be cutting down the net. So we'll, so we'll sweet 16. You'd feel good about Shaka coming back as, as coach next year. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sweet 16. Sweet no, 16. no extension for a sweet 16. No, no extension, but coming back and dealing with everything that's going to be happening with the Moody center and all the new things, the bells and whistles. Yes. I do believe that. I now, believe what, that sweet 16. Is there, is there a point in the tournament where you'd feel good about Shaka getting an extension. Elite eight. Okay. Elite eight. He gets to the elite eight. Then he gets an extension. Now there's so many variables that go into that as you possibly, as you very well know, but to me, Shaka has proven away from the court. I know what you think about on the court, but away from the court, he's shown so much to me about his love and his caring for his players. Right. And I know that don't that don't signify wins. I get it. But to me, it seems for like three and a half million bucks a year. You better <laughs> care about those players. Right. Exactly. So but you're starting to see a turn within the team as well. Now, Matt Coleman obviously is older. He's been around here for a while. He's he's been through the battles. Uh, Courtney Raming is he's so up and down. But when it comes to. I need a big stop or something. Courtney's in the mix. Andrew Jones is doing what he's doing. But the maturation of Jericho Sims throughout this entire process has changed the way people view Texas. And I talked about this on my podcast the other day, 
talked about how when they decided to work inside out is when the team started playing better. Thank you. And Good Lord, get the ball. There's nobody that can match up with Jericho. The problem that I have, and I know that you've had this problem because I've seen some of the stories that you've written, is the out of controlness in which they play when they're ahead. It's like a rush. Why are we rushing? And I know if you hit that, great. But when you miss five in a row, walk the ball up the court. Slow it down. Work the ball into the big man. Get to the free throw line, free throw line, and knock down some shots. Yeah, it does it. It, it, and that is where goes back to what I said. If Matt Coleman, Courtney Ramey, and Andrew Jones, if they see that, they have to control it. Yeah, Shaka said in his post game how much he trusts Matt Coleman. Then Matt Coleman needs to show Shaka, I appreciate your trust by taking control of the game and calming the waters, calm it down and get everybody lined back up. And a secret sauce yesterday that for years, I was like, I don't ever want to see him touch the ball again. Was Jace Fabris? Yeah, came in. When he and brought hit the secret sauce. He was the secret sauce yesterday. Yeah, they they get off to another bad start in the second half. They couldn't hit anything. They were oh, right. you know what, two of nine and oh of three from three. And then Fabris comes in and boom, boom. And then all right. of a sudden, everybody was hitting threes. Kai Jones was hitting threes. I mean, right, right. Well, let me let me ask you this. So, what if they lose in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? Then that's a problem. Are you so think about that? Think about what we're talking about here. Shaka Smart has not won an NCAA tournament game at Texas. It's year six. I get it. They didn't play the tournament last year. And don't talk to me about winning the NIT. Don't <laughs> I was don't, about to don't, say don't, don't tell me that. I know it's a banner, but don't talk. That means you're I was the 68th. about to say it. <laughs> the 69th best team in the country. Okay. So if they lose in the first weekend of the tournament, are you ready to pull the plug? Because this is the most talented team he's ever had. He's got the most athletic front court in the country. He's got those three point guards you just talked about. You're not, this is the best team. Lance Blank said earlier in the year, the over under for this team is the final four. He's a former NBA GM. So if they lose in the first round with all that talent, are you ready to pull the plug on Shaka? Me personally, yes, I would be ready to pull the plug. But if you listen to our man, Chris Del Conte, he has an affection for Shaka Smart. He Uh seems like he truly. Are you telling me something I don't know? I'm just telling you, every time I've heard this gentleman talk about Shaka Smart, it's totally different than what he talked about. Well, he also said Tom Herman is our coach, right? Did you? Yeah, he didn't say of the future. I got you. All right. (laughs) Okay. Don't tell me about Chris Del Conte. Okay, so you're going to pull the plug. I got to, man, because it's sweet. It's sweet 16. You're good with them coming back. No extension. Yep. Elite eight. I'll give you another couple of years. Exactly. Okay. Is that fair? Do you think that's fair? I don't like the the extension, but because think about it. Look at the seniors on the team. Yep. You know, I I get it. They can all come back if they want, but Matt Coleman, Mm -hmm. I think he's going to go try to play pro ball we'll see Jericho Sims would be great if he came back but he could also Mm -hmm. he's going to be on an NBA roster next year Mm -hmm. you got Royce Ham senior you got Jace Fevers we mentioned and then you got Greg Brown and Kai Jones who are both first round projections in the NBA draft so you could have 
you could potentially lose six guys from who were actively in the rotation. Right. Realistically, maybe you lose three or four, but still it's a different team. So that's why I'm hesitant on the extension because we start to, you know, have to rebuild a little bit, but that's just me. You didn't say how long the extension needed to be either. I know. And it, <laughs> it could I, be a one year. I, I know. It could be a one year extension. That would be interesting. Cause you know, Shaka's agent is, is Jimmy right. Sexton. Right. Jimmy Sexton right. don't play one year extensions. <laughs> Jimmy Sexton might be like, let me go see who, what other jobs are open, but right. right. In which case, Hey, yeah. Chris Beard, UT grad, you know what oh, I'm saying? There he go. There he go. I mean, I knew that was elite eight in year two (laughs) national championship game in year three. I knew that was coming. All right, hard. We can't let you go without a baseball. Uh, You know, they get off to the rough start. Oh, and three against top 10 competition, all from the sec. Now, um, you know, what do you like about this Texas baseball team and what are your concerns? Well, let's start with my concerns. My number one concern is this batting. The, The offense is not there. And, um, you know, there's so much ex- experience, and that was one of my biggest things coming into the season for everybody, for everyone across the nation. They had all these older players that are able to return. Hell, Chip. I and transfers. Nice, and transfers that came Antico. In. Yeah. So Melendez. I was, in, I was in Frisco last weekend doing Dallas Baptist baseball. Dallas Baptist had a sixth-year sixth year baseball player in their lineup in their lineup and you know no offense to him but at six years man if you're not you should be making some other moves by then right so everything is starting to come in and I look at Texas and I say okay where is Antico yeah he's been on base 11 straight games but he's batting 208 where is Eric Kennedy Eric Kennedy who was on draft boards and was supposed to be the spark he's struggling and I've been there Chip that is no fun that every pitch, every time you step in the batter's box, you have two strikes. It, it don't matter. That pitcher could be wild as hell. But as soon as I step in the batter's box, I got it's, two strikes. It's 0-2. It's 0-2. So when I look at this team, if they can't get the hitting going and try to find a way to piece something together, because Ty Madden obviously is who he is. He's going to be the stud of this team, and, and that's why he's – preseason all-american big 12 pitcher of the year uh, on preseason all that stuff but they're playing good defense so that is helping them but they've also got a hundred and what 80 strikeouts or some crazy number <clears throat> that shouldn't be happening right about now they shouldn't have that many strikeouts right now yeah. and that has been my biggest concern the offense has to get better and they have to make some adjustments asap um, I think that some of the people that are in the games that should be in the games are like Doug Hodo. Hodo should be in the lineup no matter what, whether whether it was one thing or another, he needs to be in there. And they need to try to figure out what is Antico's role going to be. I know he's experienced. I know he's been through the, the challenges, but what is his role to this team? He's going he's gonna to be in the lineup, but where? I, I can't have him at the top of the lineup. I can't have him at the top of the lineup because I need to produce runs. So I need to get somebody that'll take a walk that will get on base and make some things happen. So for me, my biggest concern is offense. My least of the concern is pitching. 
I was worried about it in the very beginning, but I think their arms are starting to come around a little bit. And I think they're about to make some moves. So I've seen Oklahoma. I've called Oklahoma games for the last two weekends. I've seen them, what, eight games now, seven games. I've seen Oklahoma. Texas will be fine. They Oklahoma can't throw strikes. They got some sticks, but they can't throw strikes. I've seen Baylor play. They're okay. They're okay. Um, they're not somebody that I'm truly worried about. And I've seen Texas Tech. Texas Tech, they lost their number one starter, their Friday night guy. Oklahoma lost a Friday night guy. So Texas, if Ty Madden can continue to win those Friday nights, I think they'll be fine. There he is. There he is. Mike Hart, Hardball Hart. Tell everybody where they can uh, where they can hear you, Hart. Well, they can still hear me on uh, uh, the Hard Knocks Life podcast. Uh, it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on Anchor. It's all over the place. Um, I'm doing some stuff with Flow Baseball, as you said, um, doing baseball games all over the country. And I'm also going to be doing high school baseball here coming up pretty soon. I'll be doing some Georgetown Eagles baseball games and some local stuff around here. Uh, the Round Rock Express are coming soon. I've been on ESPN Plus. I'm going to do TCU and uh, Tarleton State baseball coming up in April. So I'll you. be around and I'll keep posting, baby. And Come I hopefully on. I can talk to my dude, Chip Brown, the man, the myth, the legend. That's what I'm talking about. Always yeah, good to be back on the microphone with my man, Harbaugh Harge. And that's where you can find him. On Twitter. That's right. Twitter and, hard, and, and, and uh, Insta. Insta. You can see and, my babies on there. And Instagram. I That's cleaned right. him up from some ridiculous <laughs> Twitter handle he had before. Now everybody knows where to find him at Hardball Hard. You're welcome. All right. Amen. Appreciate you. Listen, uh, Harge, we'll do it again soon. And uh, for Harge, I am Chip Brown. Of course, get over to Horns 24-7. If you're not a member there already, what are you waiting for? Uh, get over to Horns 24-7. And until next time right here on the Flagship Podcast, stay safe and keep the faith. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.